0: episodes brought to you by new energy back again another week got the kid with me adam say what's up what's up wow that was a that was a pretty weak sup there you uh eating or drinking right now i wish anything uh big going on for the kid this week it's kind of been uh hectic in the hockey world trying to keep up with everything
1: Yeah, no, I got a midterm or a final on Tuesday, so really looking forward to that and studying all weekend, so pretty pumped up for that. What's it in, like Spanish? No math, you know, like the hardest class in the world, so yeah.
0: You just add numbers, it's simple, there's like a right and wrong answer, it's not that
1: hard. Eh, You'd be surprised, man.
0: I passed math in grade 6, pretty much a genius, go from there. Yeah. Counting cows for a living, gets the job done. So uh, you, you got to watch the NHL awards. Obviously, we've got a ton to touch on draft coming up here. we uh, got the same night we are going to be releasing this one. So we'll look we'll at some of that draft stuff, maybe a little bit of free agency, but of course the awards. And uh, y- you might as well just start it off because, I mean, you've been ripping PC for a while now, and Oilers Nation was not too happy with a couple of your uh, Shirelli chirps.
1: Peter Shirelli kind of had his fingerprints all over that awards ceremony, given that... He's the reason Taylor Hall was put in the position to win MVP. And he was the reason that Matt Barzell is on the Islanders. And sure enough, the first guy, Matt Barzell, high fives when he hears his name announced as Anthony Beauvillier. And that was in pretty much the same trade or a similar trade to yet Beauvillier. So, yeah, I mean, you know, all the other fans are are ripping on me for my Shirelia. Like, I'm pretty sure they all hate Shirelia because I saw a tweet the other day, I think from... Ryan Rashog or something and just said, Shirelli looks to be aggressive this year or something like that. And somebody's like, Oh, because that always works out around well around draft time, which clearly it doesn't given his history. But I think my only thing for him is that Taylor Hall was never going to be the MVP type player in Edmonton, just playing behind McDavid, and in a couple of years he's going to want nine or ten million, and obviously they wouldn't have been able to afford that. Just you would have liked to see him get something more for a like he got a second a number three or four defenseman Adam Larson who's a a fine player but he's nowhere near the Eric Carlson or Hedman's of the world and he's nowhere near the value of an MVP so you should have got more at the time and then I don't know the Barzell one is just a complete swing and a miss trying to get a slow left shot defenseman for the 16th and 33rd pick and I guess the Bruins passed on him three times too so his former team and current team both kind of screwed up Barzell
0: was there any dra- or uh, award winners that you really were were mad about or didn't think that they deserved it?
1: No, I was pretty much spot on. Like I think McKinnon the the McKinnon and Hall MVP race was super tight. I even thought Kopitar could have got a couple more votes. Uh, Kopitar again the what was it the Selkie Trophy with him and Kachuri where the Magicians kind of screwed up the trick. Uh, that was a good one. And I was happy that our board Barkov is starting to get some love. I think he was, he was top three in the Lady Bing, which William Carlson obviously was going to win. And then he was top five, I believe in Selkie. So just wait, wait a couple of years and you'll be seeing him on the list.
0: It's pretty cool to see the Sadines win some awards and I'm not a big fan of them, but well, I wouldn't award their King Clancy, whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge Sadine fan, but the way they went out, you can't hate that. Seeing Brian Boyle give his speech, I mean, seeing him on stage for the Bill Masterton—that was, I mean, that was that was crazy. Cool to see every, everything he went through. I mean, great tribute to the Broncos. That was a uh, friend of the show, Dahlgren, getting up. Yeah, there. what a beauty! Looking looking great on yeah. TV as always. Kids a stud. What was your uh, what's your thoughts on that? Because I mean, and the 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 Stoneman Douglas, the the Florida high school there, everything. This was one of the best NHL awards I've ever seen. The magician stuff, they could have cut that shit out. I don't care about that. I don't think anyone really does. But all around, I actually didn't hate the awards.
1: Yeah, no, it was probably the best done awards in the NHL. And I know Air Canada flew out Humboldt and their families and stuff. So just everyone involved, I think, did a really nice job incorporating everyone. And then Taylor Hall got his award after Humboldt's coach... Late coach Darcy Hogan won the the Willie O'Ree Award, and Taylor Hall did his uh, acceptance speech after, and he gave them a show and said it really put things into perspective, and it really does. It was it was a really good job by everyone involved, I guess.
0: That was awesome to see Hogan's wife uh, accept the award on his behalf. I mean, give a speech about him. That was just another another touching, another like, a cool moment. I mean, it shows just how close the hockey world is. And just, yeah, there's there's not many words to say about how everyone's reacted to it. But the the loves out there, I mean, the guys are all well-respected, well-cared about. I mean, seeing all the NHLers after, go and shake their hands, just talk with them, you know, treat them like friends. Definitely cool to see. And, hey, kudos to the NHL. You don't see that anywhere else. You're not going to see that in any other league, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, and no, it was cool. I saw... Uh because I know McDavid and O'Reilly came to Saskatoon before the World Championships to visit the boys in the hospital, and I know Dahlgren got both their sticks, and then he, uh, there's a video tweeted the day before the awards of them meeting up again, and Caleb was talking to him for a couple minutes. So, yeah, it's cool to see how they're all, like, they're all buddies, and all the players are giving them shout-outs and stuff, and yeah, it's awesome.
0: Now, uh, speaking on the awards again, you you were a little bit controversial when you were deciding between Hall and McKinnon. I know that was one that you were really on the fence about and kind of going back and forth. What argument could you make to say that McKinnon, now I mean this is I I know you might be you're kind of fine with Hall being it, but you know what what argument would someone have to say that McKinnon should have won that Hall or oh, holy should have won the heart over Hall.
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing was that Colorado was statistically last year the worst team quite possibly ever in like the modern, whatever you want to call it, shootout era in the NHL. And they went from there to making the playoffs, which nobody thought they could do. And, I mean, having having goaltending this year certainly helped. But McKinnon had 97 points, and he even poked fun at himself when that little – kid was interviewing him where he said he only had like 12 goals last year into a on an actual goalie something like that and he goes out and gets 97 points but i think what Hall really had going for him was the devils made the playoffs for the first time in how long and their second leading score on the devils was nico heischer who's 18 years old and 18 year olds aren't really supposed to be second on your team in scoring behind the mvp so i think that's what hall had going from and mckinnon missed a couple games kind of during the season too
0: anything else you want to talk about the uh, awards
1: uh no i don't think so um yeah i think we're good there's it was just funny the the funniest part about the awards probably was seeing uh the winnipeg jets i have them on facebook or like their page on facebook and uh, they posted a picture of Hellebuck, Hellebuck's girlfriend or whatever, Wheeler and Blake Wheeler's wife and Hellebuck's girlfriend was wearing a bit of a revealing dress like anybody with money would do. And somebody commented that it looked like they found her off the strip in Vegas. And of course you have all those keyboard warriors who are like, oh, she's beautiful and they're all beautiful. And like, it's just like, I don't know. It's just funny to see how everyone's fighting over that. And those guys make the most money in the world and yeah, their their girlfriends and wives are obviously going to be rockets. So,
0: rockets. Gotta love it. No, every I mean everyone's looking sharp obviously. You go look at any other awards or any even draft. Like there no one dresses like hockey players. That's they're not even on the same table and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, they should be able to wear whatever they want, like have some personality." Hockey's kind of just got that that not a set standard, but you got that expectation, I mean, you're competing in the league with guys like Henrik are- Lundqvist and Tom Wilson for looks. Like, damn, that's some high quality you got to get up to.
1: Some of the boys had sick like suits though and I noticed a lot of them like I know Hedman did it and and I know the the Leafs young guys like Neilander and Matthews do it where they wear the suits but they wear no socks and they kind of wear like loafers for shoes. I think that looks sick.
0: New fashion point A for the next one. That'll be pretty cool. What I the hell so. was PK Suban wearing? I saw you called him out, but I, I don't get it. I I actually don't know what that was.
1: Yeah. he. I mean, PK's PK and he's dating Lindsey Vaughn now. And he's always about the fashion and whatever. He had his own skates made for a damn outdoor game. He's always wearing the hats, but he had a necklace that looked like a piece of string, but it had clips on the end. So it attached to a suit collar and it almost looked like a bolo tie, or whatever those Western hippie ties are. But I don't know like what that was wearing. It probably cost him a couple grand too. And it's just clipped onto his sh- shirt collar.
0: That's funny because when I was playing juniors in Montana, I kid you not probably five kids on our team per game came to the rink in those stupid bolo ties and I still, to this day, don't get it. I actually, I, they try explain like, oh, it's from this and this. And, you know, it's pretty fashionable. Like I got it from my grandparent. I'm like, that looks stupid. I don't care where you got it from. Take it off. <laughs> it's unnecessary for any suit. It's it's just the weirdest piece of jewelry fashion tie that you can think of. 10 out of 10 was not a fan.
1: Yeah. I'd like to see – I saw this tweet the other day. I think it was from Bob McKenzie's kid, and I saw Barzell retweeted it. And he said, I'd like to see guys in the league get rid of the the whole suit-tie combo and just show up in what they want to so the games, kind of like the NBA. Because I think that'd sell your players a lot better just seeing like, – because as our boy Ray Ferraro always says, he says, who's going to be impressed by you wearing a suit, the Zamboni driver that you walk by? Like – You literally walk in the back door and go straight to your dressing room. So why do you have to wear a suit? Like you don't have to dress that nice just to change into shorts and a t-shirt.
0: Look good, feel good, play good. But that's the, that's the model. I'll stick to that one until I'm in my grave. I don't, I don't agree. Like, you know what? You don't have to wear a whatever 10 piece tuxedo every time. At least look sharp. I mean, if you're coming there in like suit shorts or like looking like Russell Westbrook, I hope someone takes out your knees or something. Sound like Hoffman's girlfriend, eh? (laughs) I just I I can't I just can't picture some of those guys showing up in like a fur coat, you know, hat backwards, sunglasses. I mean then people are definitely gonna know these NHLers are showing up hung over the rink. Can't let the fans catch on.
1: I'm in the category that I think it'd be good publicity for the league where You got guys walking in wearing some outrageous stuff because I know Barzell would be like that and Matthews would be like that. And some like the newer generation in hockey that's more outspoken, they and you'd get noticed for it. Like there'd be people out there who wouldn't necessarily like hockey, but they would notice it and it could lead to more deals or something with the league.
0: I'm not sure I'd go that far. That seems to be pushing it. Like that's something where. I don't know. We'll see how that one gets taken, but I I can't really imagine it. Okay, breaking news as we speak. Kind of, this is from Thursday, I guess. Did you see the Blades picked up a goalie from Seattle? Doran looting?
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's a good move just because they have a 17-year-old starter next year and he's not going to play 50 or 60 games, or at least he shouldn't. So get a guy who's an older guy and can kind of play more than I haven't 10 seen games. him before is
0: he half decent
1: uh yeah they originally drafted him and then he got traded to Seattle and Everett where he wasn't great but I mean if you can find a goalie who had a 890 save percentage as your backup and especially in the dub where such so high scoring last year where you had guys put up like 60 and 70 goals uh you're fine with that
0: fair enough Oh, that's uh, hey, breaking news coming to you on World Hockey Report. Of course, follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Check out the website, bunch of blogs up. We'll get to some of those uh, draft prospects. Adam's been uh, slaving away, been making the kid work some overtime. Tons of NHL draft profiles. A lot of the guys, I mean, you see 9,000 different blogs on Svechnikov, Daleen, everyone's calling him Dallin now. I'm going to stick with Daleen because that's—I think—that sounds cooler. But I mean, we're we're going through these guys who you, you don't know about, and you're going to hear about these guys guaranteed. They're making some waves. Go check it out. It's on World Hockey Report, and of course, some of the sponsors that uh, make this thing possible: teeoff.com. It's powered by the PGA Tour. Book tee times all over the world. You can find a place to golf anywhere. Lucky you. Extra 20% off just for being a listener. Use our promo code PureGreens. That's Pure Greens, all capitals, no spaces on teoff.com. Powered by the PGA Tour. The best way to book tee times. Adam, do you want to uh, touch on that Hoffman situation? That's uh, a double trade. How bad does that have to hurt your ego?
1: I don't know what Florida's thinking, for one, given that San Jose, I don't know. Doug Wilson should be in jail because he absolutely stole a couple picks and got rid of Michael Bodker. So that was probably the most impressive. Uh, I don't know what Florida's doing. Like, I know they need goal scoring and they wanted a scoring winger. So, sure, you can get Mike Hoffman. But St. Louis GM Doug Armstrong said, like, because I know they are in the running for Hoffman around the trade deadline. So, but he's when asked about it he said honestly like we looked at this player and we looked at the situation and we felt we couldn't move forward given the details we had which probably means that he's a shit guy in the locker room and given what dorian said because it's not that often that a guy gets traded and you're just like oh yeah like we wish him well like we're gonna miss him here like dorian flat out said that our room was broken and he had to go
0: (laughs) that's pretty funny for a guy like dorian to go and say that but yeah as you said i mean Wilson just absolutely cleared house, played everyone like a fiddle. And then like I feel like he just acquires uh, that guy, like Hoffman, whatever that guy. I'm trying to think of his name while looking at his wife's uh, or fiance's name. He acquires him. Then he's like, what sucker is going to take Hoffman? And who can we uh, trade Hoffman to, you know, flip around a little bit more? Oh, Dale Talon, who's going to make some shitty moves. Dale Talon, see you later. You're off to Florida half an hour later. Great. Love it. That's a I sent you that funny picture off Twitter. That has to be one of my favorites of 2018. It was like Hoffman traded to San Jose and then Hoffman friend requested uh Wilson's wife. Then like two minutes later Will or Hoffman traded. Frick, that was funny. I probably laughed for half an hour at that one. Pure gold.
1: Yeah, but how stupid is Pierre Dorian saying that he's not gonna trade Hoffman within his division? Like that's 25% of the league. And if he's you play him like a couple times a year, so it's not like it's going to make that that big of a difference, right? Like, just take the best offer you can get for him and deal with. And shouldn't you be happier with the return that you're getting and saying like this will beat the player we? Yeah, traded? I think
0: end of the day, if you, you, gotta, you gotta trade him to the where he's going to get the better return, and if it is in your own conference, suck it up, make your team better then. And you, you should be. I mean, if you're trading someone, you're going to try make your team better, so it doesn't. It really shouldn't matter where you're trading him to. In our reality.
1: And a little later, we'll get into how stupid Pierre Dorian really is for actually picking this year. But Alex Galchenyuk, after a long time in Montreal, six frustrating years, traded for Max Domi, who had four empty net goals and a total of nine this year. So what are your thoughts That's on that? That's a
0: weird trade because I, I just... It was unexpected. I I never expected it. I honestly, I couldn't picture that trade actually happening. I'm pretty sure I checked like seven different news outlets to make sure it wasn't just some dumbass on Twitter spewing around rumors. Of course, all the real stuff's on World Hockey Report at World Hockey RPT. Uh, Domi's a good player. Don't you think he got a little bit overpaid with that two-year deal? I mean, great trade for him. He gets to come to a Canadian market. I'm sure his dad's a little bit pissed it's Montreal and not Toronto. But then for the Canadians to sign Domi like 3.2 a year or something, that seems a little bit much for as you said, a guy who what do you have? He had five actual goals throughout the season. Yikes.
1: I don't know. I, I think that Domi, like 3.1 million is isn't terrible for him given that he still has like he's still capable of putting up 40 50 assists and that's on a team that literally has had no hope the last four years and it's tough to, like it's tough to play in front of a half empty building no matter how many people are actually there like it's tough to play in front of that and I think he'll do good in Montreal it's just that he and you get a better a better locker room guy uh Domi because you look at Galchenyuk and he always it'll always look like he had more to give and I know that the coaches Terry and Julian never really handled him great. Like he, he'd be wing and center and then he fourth line center, hardly play, but it always looked like he was a player who had more to give and just never quite got there. And after six years in the NHL, like who knows if he actually will get there and Domi's played, I think 200 less games still. So you're still waiting for more of a player. Like I know, I know Caleb's buddies with him and Max reached out to Caleb during the humble crash. So like I, I know Max and I know that he he's a great guy. And I think an upgrade over Galchenyuk because Galchenyuk's girlfriend got arrested when he was in Montreal. So that's an issue. And I think that Montreal will be getting a motivated Domi. But at the same time, Domi, Shaw, Gallagher, Drouin. That's not a lot of size on your wings.
0: That's and funny. Paul Byron, I mean, you don't too. really look at the big picture until you see stuff like that, and it totally makes sense. One of the things, as you already touched on it, I mean, not much more I can say, but I mean, Domi seems like a glue guy. He seems like a great guy for the room. And I, I really like that combination of him and Gallagher out there because those are two both efficient players who just get it done. However, it has to be. They don't really have a perfect style. They don't really follow an exact, I mean, predictable way. They just do things the right way.
1: I don't hate the trade as much as Montreal fans do just because you're getting a better locker room guy and you're getting a guy who's going to be more motivated and less frustrating to watch. So, like, the top three in that draft, oh my gosh, like, Nail Yakupov, Ryan Murray, and Galchenyuk, like... (laughs) Who do you want from there? But I think it's a better trade than what people get a credit for. And Domi's played 200 less games, so you can't really judge him
0: Now, yet. speaking on, uh, we'll stick with some current NHL stuff. Barry Trotz. I really thought that the Caps were going to put a little bit more of a push on re-signing him. And you know what? I, I get it. Like, yeah, he left on his own terms, whatever. Yeah, it might not have ended in the best way. Well, Stanley Cup's awesome, but like, you know, personnel wise, there was definitely some tension. I thought Washington may have ended up uh, putting a little bit of overpay out there, but the Islanders were in the sweep stakes. So, uh, first off, what's your thoughts on that? And second off, does that affect Tavares' decision?
1: Well, yeah, it does affect Tavares' decision, I think, a great deal. But yeah, first off, I think that the relationship in Washington between. Cause he's coached with Lane Lambert, I think for 10 or so years. And I know they're extremely close, but I know that Todd Reardon was bitter just from what you see in here, that he was really bitter, that he wasn't allowed to interview in Arizona or Florida. So this year he goes to Washington and thinks that he's better than he is, or that he should have been the coach or something like that. But those like and I, I feel like he he was a guy who selfishly wanted them to lose almost, just given that he's like, Oh yeah, I would have been the coach for sure. And then Trotz had an offer in Washington, right? Like it was a piss and shit offer, right? Like 1.8 million to like 1.5 to 1.8 or something like that, which is embarrassing given that a guy from Boston it Boston University came to the NHL and got two or two and a half, right, for a first year coach.
0: Someone from Boston's going to kill you for that.
1: Yeah, I know. I That's a mistake you shouldn't make. It's like mixing up the Yankees and Mets or something like that. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that it affects Tavares, given that the Islanders have been a joke the last how many years? Like since their glory days in like 1990. They've been a joke since then. And Garth Snows had a job where he hasn't been able to lose. And that Capuana guy jack capuano seemed to ruin every young player that came through there and then they fired him brought in doug wade and he didn't want anybody to play defense so you bring in lula Morello and i know i ripped him pretty good a couple weeks ago but you bring in lula Morello and barry trotson those are two guys two all business guys and for Tavares, it's i think it's a positive for him just given that those guys are, aren't rookie GMs or coaches, or they're actually established GMs and coaches that you want to play for instead of the revolving door that it's been.
0: I still think so much revolves around what the Isles actually do this offseason. Because if they don't make any real massive changes, Tavares really shouldn't care about who the coach is. Barry Trotz ain't going to make uh, like Yaroslav Halak stop the puck more. Guy's still a funnel. Who is there, Thomas Grice? I mean, like, one, they need a goalie. Two, they need some solid D-man. I, they also need players to play with a guy like Tavares. Like, Barzell's great. Who is it, Anders Lee or whatever had a career year?
1: And a contract year, You can't really
0: rule up. Yeah, true. So uh, get ready to open the wallet. That's They're just not good enough. If Tavares wants to be loyal, stay great. Have fun not winning a Stanley Cup ever in your life. That's I think as simple as you can put it. Because I yeah, I just don't see the Islanders winning. Doesn't matter if Barry Trotz is behind the bench, Wayne Gretzky, Patrick Waugh, throw anyone there. Glenn Gullitson. It's not gonna change things. They gotta change the roster.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, but you know, you Tavares might start and see that. They actually care, and who knows? Maybe they go and get Philip Grubauer somehow. They have two first-round picks back to back. Like I know that's a pretty steep price to pay for a guy who's never quite been a starter or a starter for longer than two months, minus this year. But I think Tavares stays, and I think he respects Lamorello and Trots. Uh, not saying he didn't respect the other coaches, but I think that he respects those guys. And that the Islanders seem to be putting in more of an effort than they have in the last seven or eight years that he's been there.
0: First off, Grubauer is not a starter. Grubauer will not be a starter this year. And I don't think he's any better than Antiranta. Honestly. I mean, straightforward. There's no way. It doesn't matter if the Isles acquire this guy. He's not going to come in there and be a starting goaltender who can win you games, who can get you to the playoffs. There's no chance. I, I honestly, I don't see any world, any picture where Philip Grubauer is going to be someone's go-to guy. Just not happening.
1: Yeah, well, he definitely showed in the playoffs that the pressure got to him, so Who knows?
0: Okay, one of the things I wanted to ask, and we're going to get to this a little bit earlier than I expected, but who's the starting goaltender in the NHL? It doesn't have to be someone who's like directly on the market. But if you're a team like the Islanders, say, you may have to move some pretty big pieces to get a, like a top end goaltender. But who would be one guy you would really look at?
1: Probably Lundqvist. Honestly, like you look at the Rangers and for the first time this year in the last 10 years they look like they're trending downwards from upwards and even with the way they were built i know they went to a cup and went to a conference finals and whatnot but they never quite had the star number one player that everyone thought they had whether it's ryan mcdonough who's not a number one or rick nash who wasn't that great there Derek Broussard, Derek Seppin, like none of those guys are number one guys. And now they're trending downwards and getting younger. And they said they're not in on Tavares. They're going to stay the course with the guy who threw the medal and made us famous on Twitter, Leah Sanderson, not a big deal. And then Philip Heel and just young guys. And I think that he's still the big city guy, but if you moved him to New York, they'd really be they'd really be a different team.
0: That's fair enough. That's uh, that's a good one. That's who I was kind of thinking of. And now getting kind of closer towards the draft, does Eric Carlson get moved before? I mean, well, let's say before the first round.
1: Yes. Like I think, well, first off, if we're getting into the trade speculation now, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Ottawa is making their fourth overall pick this year given that they already traded Mike Hoffman, Uh, obviously they had to, but that's 25 goals out of your lineup that you have to replace. And I don't really know who it's going to come from. They're going to trade Eric Carlson pretty inevitably. Like I know his wife's from there and she wants him to stay, but why? Like you're not going to be any better next year. So take the chance that you're going to be worse and get Jack Hughes because if you take the pick up for this year, and I know winning the lottery isn't as much of a given as it has been, but Jack Hughes is in the same mold that Austin Matthews is. So you get a player like that to your team instead of, let's say, Brady Kachuk, who's a great player, but he's not Jack Hughes.
0: That's true. That makes sense. I'm not sure what they should do with that pick. I don't. I really. I think that they can pick up a solid player. And I, I mean, it's it's hard to end up turning down a guy. Like you'll probably end up looking at someone like Zadina or Kachuk at number four, and that's not an easy guy to pass up on. But dude, that that team's such a dumpster fire. I don't know what their next step should be. One thing's for sure is trade Carlson while he still got some value, because his last season's totals are going down. Who knows about his injury front, like. What's so he had like 10 surgeries on his ankles now? Maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but it's not like his health is in the best condition ever. Trade him all. He's got value. Let someone else deal with that contract negotiation because he is going to get paid, no doubt.
1: Yeah, and like, I mean, he's just a 10 or $11 million player. Like, he was the reason they were one shot away from going to the Stanley Cup final. Like, I'm sorry, but the team they had, he was their best player far and away. And I know he was very bad last year, but looks like he had a reason that he was that bad last year. And I think that Pierre Dorian, Dorian's insane to think that Ottawa's going to be better next year. And I don't really know. Even the Matt Duchesne trade, like, oh my gosh, was that like that backfired right in their face? Cause Duchesne was horrible and maybe he's the problem now, but Carlson, Zach Smith, I think it's pretty clear they're getting traded But the one I'm curious about is Mark Stone because he's an RFA and eventually we're going to get an offer sheet because the GM All-Boys Club, who they're all best buddies. Uh, That's not really the case anymore because some of the older guys are kind of out now. So I I think we're going to get an offer sheet and Ottawa's not going to want to match an offer sheet because their owner's cheap.
0: That'll be an interesting one. I've also heard little bit inside source maybe uh zach smith could be on his way out
1: yeah i think that one's an obvious one
0: i'm not gonna say bet on it but uh, if you you want if you want to save one that's uh that's one guy who's probably going to be out now okay back to um carlson though what's it gonna take to trade for that number one pick from buffalo now don't tell me it's untradeable because everything is everything's in play for that's the right price you gotta throw on carlson would you trade him for Carlson in the fourth? No. I mean, that that ki- that young Swedish kid's going to be a stud.
1: I'm trading the first overall pick for Connor McDavid. And if I'm uh, Jason Botterell, I think it's the Sabres Jam. If I pick up the phone and it's not Peter Shrelly offering me that, then I'm not answering.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. No, that's, uh, that's always a fun question to ask because, you know, hockey guys, everyone's going to view a player differently. And I, I think... I think highly of that kid already, and he hasn't touched dice in the NHL. Be interesting. Can you imagine if he just steps in? He's an absolute bust, eh? Like gets in the league. He's like a dash 25 his first year. Turns into a booze hound. Follows Ryan O'Reilly's lead. Just hammers a Tim Hortons in fourth the afternoon. Loaded. That would be hilarious. Because this kid's got the hype of a carnival.
1: Well, O'Reilly's, I think, pretty much on his way out. I think, I think he'll leave.
0: For whoever takes that contract.
1: Yeah, $7.5 million is a lot for him, but he had two penalty minutes and 61 points and set a face off record or something like that. So I don't think he's a $7.5 but I also don't think he's a $4 million guy. Like somewhere in the middle. But just reading up here, I think like our boy Elliot Friedman, I like him. I'll give him a shout out. He posted a couple late-night draft thoughts, and the one that's most interesting to me is people are saying that St. Louis is possibly moving Colton Pareko and that Edmonton's 10th overall pick could be in play for him.
0: I've heard that. And everyone from Edmonton, that's been that's been the talk of the radio for the past couple of days.
1: That, that's exactly what they need, though, which is crazy.
0: A 10th overall pick for Pareko? you got to throw in something else if St. Louis gives away that for just a traffic like ho- what prospect can you throw in
1: i think Clefbaum i think Klefbaum would have to be a part of the deal
0: friendly contract that makes sense i also heard something about a package deal it would be the is it, it was the 10th overall pick ethan bear for Pranko. who's that? Uh, who's the dud on St. Louis? Who's got a, a stupid contract? It's not crazy stupid, but he's getting like four or five million. Boehmeister? No, no, no. Forward.
1: Uh, Berglund. I think it's Ber- prob- probably Patrick Berglund.
0: Yeah, it might have been him because it, it was something. It was a. It was an interesting deal where I was like, maybe, but yet again, that tenth pick is so. That's not a lock at all. Like you've got no clue who you're getting. You could get a Ty Smith. Maybe, maybe you get a. I, is that Boquist kid going to be worth it? You, you really like the 10th overall pick is just too far down. You're not going to like, you might end up with Bode Wild. That's just, that's not a favorable trade. You're not going to get a Noah Dobson there. You're not going to get a Quentin Hughes. You're not going to get an Evan Bouchard. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think St. Louis wins that trade with Edmonton. It would take a crazy amount, but hey, before we get into that draft stuff, let me tell you about new energy. Everyone's so busy these days, always on the go after lunch, the worst time, coffee crash, that'll hit you. Boys on our team need us in the evening because I hear you're playing some summer puck, not a big deal with some of those NHLers. Um, you know what? Might be tough to find that energy you need, might need some new energy in your life. It's a smarter choice, powered by the goodness of blueberries, clinically proven chewable tablet. Gives you a boost of energy and focus without that awful caffeine crash. Best part, zero sugar, zero calories, zero crash, and zero jitters. Want new energy shipped right to your door? You can find it online through the link on our website on Amazon or getnewenergy.com. That's getneuenergy.com. No hassle, no more stopping at the ass station or coffee shop every morning. Each stick of new energy comes in a resealable package with three servings. Easily take it with you wherever you go. They're chewable, taste great. They're grape flavor. They're unreal. Melt right in your mouth to you take them without water. Whether you're a serious athlete or a 9-to-5 workhorse, get the energy you need for your everyday life. Get new energy. Adam, draft time. We already did, We already broke it down last one, but I got a couple of questions for you. Uh, we'll get into some of those prospects. We uh, pumped out some blogs on the website there. Go check it out, World Hockey Report, and follow us on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT. I haven't I haven't looked too much into some of those, uh, that, that Finnish centerman, that uh, Koukouneemi or whatever.
1: Koukouneemi?
0: Koukouneemi? I don't know. Whatever. Stupid Finns. Why, why do you think he... Why do you think some people are saying the Canadians will take him over Zadina Kachuk? Bouchard you know what makes him that much better
1: well I think it's not what makes him better it's the Canadians are going off the model that they haven't had a center and oh about since I don't know Saku Koivu or like like I don't know they haven't had a center for a long time and they need one and they need a natural center and you look at some of the, the Finnish centermen in the league, like, you know, you look at how Barkov plays and you look at how a guy like Michael Granlin plays. And, you know, Finnish guys, they're they're reliable, I think, in the sense that you can play them, they'll play power play, penalty, kill, five on five. And this Kokkony guy, he is super young. Like I think he's one of the younger players in the draft. And the Canadians are looking to hit a home run here. And it seems like the guys who you hit home runs with aren't really the guys who are the obvious picks. It's the guys who you find kind of not in the rough in the draft if you're selecting third, or third overall, but it's the players who you think have the highest potential who might not be the best right now. I just think that they see a centerman and you need a centerman. So I think it's just they're drafting off team needs you got
0: to pick one D-man who's not Dillian, Dolan Bouchard, Hughes, or Dobson, who are you going with?
1: Uh, Pro-ready Bouchard. Skating-wise, Hughes, but I think long-term, I'd take Dobson because he's still 180 pounds, and he looks like he's 15. Bouchard looks like he's 35, and he's the most pro-ready, but I think Dobson has a higher ceiling. And then Hughes is just a really good skater who I think maybe fits the Tory Krug model in the sense that he's not going to be a stud, but he's gonna be a useful player still.
0: Now the Calgary Flames don't have a draft pick until Nom, but have you looked much into what are they in? Are they in the fourth round? Like
1: and Yeah, 105.
0: Holy. Is there anyone who you you know like you might think could drop around that uh that range?
1: I don't know. That's so far down, like, let's give them – our boy Eric Florchuk, you work in his hometown and you work in uh and I work for his team that he plays for. And I think at fourth round, I mean, that's where your scouts really make their money, right?
0: Give me an interesting one. There there is some guys who are, you know, some potential guys floating around there. There's there's a bunch of checks. Checks uh floating around there, Rabix, one, Bodiak. I don't know. Could be interesting. On this uh, mock draft, I got whipped up. Michael Ivan from Ackity Bathurst. Curtis Hall from Youngstown. Big centerman. Could be a decent pick. I don't know. We'll see. The the Flames screwed themselves over. I mean, have fun. They're just going to be a subpar team for the next four years. Pissed off about it. I don't care, frankly. Not happy either way. Maybe they'll pick up an AJ kid. That'd be cool. Who's going to be the last pick? This is always a fun one. You know, do, do you have any ideas of like a guy? Like, you know, there's not going to be a Henrik Lundqvist. Wasn't he a last pick?
1: Uh, no, Hornqvist was, but I think Lundqvist was just like an eighth round pick back when there was nine rounds or something.
0: I seen something about, it. I can't remember who the Muppet was on Twitter, said that the last overall pick, I, I think it's been like, there's been two in 15 or 20 years who have played in the NHL and they're like, You've got just as good of an odds if you were the last overall pick in the entire draft as if you were drafted between like, I think it was like 160 and 170 or something. It, it was a crazy stat, but it was hilarious to see. I wish I could find it, but frick, it's funny.
1: Uh, last pick in the draft, I'll go with Sergey Sapigo on the Prince Albert Raiders. I just saw him late in a mock draft. and Just in love with seen I seen him once this year and maybe he maybe he goes last
0: you know what's funny is there's a guy named Ryan O'Reilly in the draft just learned that right now as we speak might not be uh might not be a great pick
1: almost as funny as a guy being named Rasmus Darlene in the draft
0: there's another one
1: no I was just basing off the obvious one
0: that was stupid that was the worst thing I've heard.
1: Well, you know, if you need tickets to the draft, go to SeatGeek and you could save some money. I'm not even sure if the draft tickets are on SeatGeek, but you know, you go to SeatGeek, download the app. I have it on my iPhone. It's sick. Download the app, add a promo code, enter our promo code, World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces, and you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, yeah, it's a pretty good deal, and I mean, the Riders, they got a game next week, I'll probably be using SeatGeek, just because they suck this week, like the Riders did not SeatGeek. But yeah, use SeatGeek, promo code World Report, all caps, no spaces, $20 off US, so if you're in Canada, you get $20 off US, pretty big deal. Thanks SeatGeek for sponsoring the show.
0: Do people actually pay to go to the draft?
1: Yeah, it's it's not a free event.
0: Like I, I, I'm trying to think of like, back when I was in junior like fans and stuff that's just weird like i know players who are like you know there's a lot of players who don't even go guys who get selected like third round fourth round they take the option i don't know that seems a little bit weird just like like if the draft was in let's say saskatoon for you loser in saskatchewan would you go like is that like a, a fan event you can't really just go and get in one there you're just gonna be listening to all these stupid gms talk
1: i mean i would never fly to go to the draft but i think it'd be cool to to see once just to see it i think the draft's one of the things you want to watch on tv because like it's a big trade event and maybe from the nosebleeds, you can see peter shirelli talking to lula Morello about how he's gonna trade in his first rounder for a guy who's gonna play in the ahl but you actually get the insider scoops from like the feeds you watch on TV or just constant feeds and like scoops and stuff like that.
0: Now you, you pumped out a, a few blogs this week. Is there any like uh, underrated prospects there that you got to cover that, you know, you, you really think a team's going to be, uh, a team's going to be, I don't know, pissed off they passed on?
1: Well, that mastering guy is an interesting case because he they, they talked about how he – didn't really play a 200-foot game. And then Jay McKee, who is Connor McDavid's coach or assistant coach in Erie, he kind of told him, he's going to say, I can turn you into an NHL player. And sure enough, he got drafted and refused to sign. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're mad that your team made you wait this long to offer you a contract or waited till you're that good because there are cases where teams stop talking to you and – you're pissed off at them for kind of giving up on you and you want to prove them wrong somewhere else. So maybe that's it. I don't know. But 35, 35, and 40 goals for a undersized winger who's 5'9", like 200. He's a thick kid.
0: He's a brick shit house with 40 bingos.
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting one because you look at 20-year-olds who enter the draft and like they never go super high. Like Tanner Pearson went a year later and so did Borgstrom. But you look at older guys in the draft and they're kind of mid-round picks who are ready sooner than later.
0: That's uh, that's kind of funny, the whole Florida situation because of uh, how stupid Talon is. And uh, I don't blame him. I mean, who's going to want to go? Uh, yeah, they, they just got a dumpster fired there. One of the guys who I thought was kind of interesting, that Matt Thiessen from DMJ, Steinbeck, everyone's talking highly of him. Well, not everyone, but I mean the the local sports talk. You know, you hear a couple other shows here and there. Guys are talking highly of this guy playing the MJ. And you know what? Looking into that a little bit more, there's been 12 MJ alumni drafted since 2010. That's crazy. That's that's nuts for the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Did you ever get to see that Teason kid play? Like, I mean, obviously, he probably didn't go to the Anavit Cup or anything, but like watching his video and stuff, he looks solid for a guy who's stuck playing an mj
1: i have not because it's weird though right because in like for junior a ranks you see bc guys get drafted a lot of them and you see aj guys get drafted a lot of them and then no sj guys no mj guys and i guess that's going to change this year eh? i
0: think i i put money on that he's getting drafted because of how many people are talking about him and Big kid, moves well, he's committed to college. He's going to play another year of juniors. I hope he goes to like the U show or something. If you just stick it out in the MJ for another year, I feel sorry for you. I don't know. Interesting one. What's your thoughts on that uh, Scaric kid or whatever you want to call him, that Czech goalie?
1: He looked like he had some potential. Like The only game I watched him, he played Canada and got wrecked. But there's always that one goalie at the World Juniors who does way better than he should. You never hear about him, but it looks like Skarik might get drafted, eh?
0: I think so. He's a big kid. The thing I like about this is, you know what? He's already—he's like eighteen. He's already played two years of men's hockey, so that—that's massive. But he's going to Finland this year to play in their top league, and that Finnish league's good for developing goaltenders. I mean, Finland's obviously a pretty goalie-heavy country. They got some top goalie coaches, and for a big kid, if they can like uh, fine-tune his style, his play that could make it a, a pretty easy transition for a guy like that to jump into the American league. Maybe even a shot at the NHL, play a few games. I could see it happening. I like it. Anything else you want to touch on in the entire hockey world? Of course, cause it's a world hockey report. Follow us on Twitter at world hockey, RPT, Adam, give her.
1: I think that this draft has all the makings of maybe one of the best movement drafts we've seen in a long time. Um, you look at Tavares who could be the best free agent ever. You look at Carlson who could be the, the biggest name traded in the last 15 years. You look like even honestly, maybe even since Wayne Gretzky cause how many of those like guys who are in the prime of their careers, which is 27, 28, he's 28 get traded just mid like in their prime, which is crazy um Carlson Max Pacioretty like the captain of the Canadians how often does the captain of the Canadians get moved uh Lucic hopefully he gets moved but it doesn't sound like it and then you just have the drama with you know the Senators pick and the Senators being stupid but yeah I think it's it's going to be crazy and there's a couple guys on Carolina who's a cheap cheap team also maybe not anymore with their new owner we'll see but they'll probably move Jeff Skinner and Justin Falk, and now Elias Lindholm's having contract issues, so he'll probably get moved too. Give
0: me the over-under five trades on Friday. Draft day number one.
1: I think over.
0: Done deal. Adam Trout says it must be true. Hey, uh, thanks, to of course, to all the sponsors. We got a bunch of beauties, and you can hear us live first on 12-Ounce Sports Radio, the best sports talk radio out there uh yeah thanks to t new energy seat geek of course if you're buying tickets use our promo code world Honky report follow us on twitter read some of those blogs and that's gonna do it i gotta get out of here peace see ya